Welcome to Run This World. My name is Nicole DeBoon. I'm a former pro athlete turned entrepreneur. Each week, I'll bring you insights and inspiration from some of the world's greatest visionaries who will help you run your world in ways that you didn't even realize were possible. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Now let's get this workout started. Hey everyone, I am back. I am back here amongst the most bizarre (laughs) time I've possibly ever lived through, Um, and we haven't even lived through it yet. We're just wading into the beginning of this global pandemic. If you're listening to this podcast like five years from now, you'll be like, what was that? Yep, I'm sitting here in March of 2020. There's this thing called the coronavirus, and it has infected the world (laughs) in so many ways. I mean, not only is it a literal, you know, virus to infect people, but it is infecting our economy. It is affecting our social lives. Um, And at the end of the day, it is causing a lot of us to freak out a little bit. Um, But I'll tell you something. Today's episode, this conversation that you're going to hear with me and the Myrnavator, Myrna Valerio, who's making an unprecedented sixth appearance on the Run This World podcast, um, we talk a lot about the flip side of frustration and fear and uncertainty. We talk about joy. We talk about opportunity. We talk about change. We talk about all of these things in a very positive way. And, you know, I I called Myrna because I'm feeling it just like all of you. You know, I'm I'm the most positive person in the world. (laughs) We know that. But, you know, when faced with very, very uncertain times, I mean, we all, we all retreat a little bit. And um, I just knew that I needed to, to have a conversation that would make me smile. And so everybody today, I'm going to cut the intro short and I'm going to get right to it because I think we all need that right now. We all need to step back and listen to something that's going to make us smile. So with that, let's bring Myrna Valerio on the show. So wait, why did you feel this need to put a bra on for a Skype interview? Um, because I'm looking at you right now <laughs> and I don't want to feel uncomfortable and all over the place and hanging all down in my navel. Uh, so that's the thing. So throughout this whole, like, who knows how long this quarantine thing's going to go on. Are you going to be wearing bras the whole time? Cause I'm not. Um, if, <laughs> if I'm not looking at the person, <laughs> uh, I don't really care, but it also, it also, um, well, since I've been working from home uh, for the last, what, year and a half, almost two years, um, I there are some situations that I think require a bra. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Myrna, we're obviously recording. I went right in today. I mean, I haven't even seen you in forever, and I was like, I got to get the bra thing. The bra bit needs to be in this conversation. Um, seriously, like, this whole conversation is fairly unstructured, but I just knew yesterday I was like I need some Myrna time we need to get on this show because like we all need just a little I don't know what it is leadership we need some sanity we just need to know we're not in this alone and who better to talk to than the motivator oh uh, 
Thank you for that. Thank you, thank you. I, you know, I also feel the same way, and I feel like, you know, there's a lot of doom and gloom uh, out there, and a, and a lot of people, uh, you know, spreading that, you know, unwittingly and also wittingly and knowingly. Um, and there, there is doom and gloom. There is a sense of the fact that there is no normalcy, there's no normal, there's no uh, consistency, and but we have to find that somewhere in our lives. You know, there are things that we can control, and so I think this having this conversation and seeing your bright face um, this morning is something that I can control and something that makes me happy. So here we are. Here we are trying to be happy, trying to spread joy, trying to uh, lean into joy. That's something that I wrote in my little journal this morning. Wait, Please. are you doing your pages? Uh, no, I'm not doing my pages, which <laughs> I should, we should. Oh, my goodness. We, this is the perfect time to start. This is again, it. Again. <laughs> I actually did my page. Yeah, so um, a couple of things before we get into pages. Control. <laughs> okay. Pretty much, I know the people listening, we are people who think that we should be controlling our own lives. So, like, how do we... You mentioned, like, there's a lot going on we can't control. We can't control some things. Mm -hmm. Like, how do we settle into the things we can't control? Uh, that's a really good and difficult question. Um, so, in terms of of settling into things we can't control well we can't control them so but there are things in our lives that we can control I can control when I go to bed I can control when I shut off Twitter or when I log off uh, Twitter can be an amazingly funny place which it is but it can also spread hysteria and that's not a word that I like because it is uh, it is based in misogyny but um, Mania, but that's no, that's also a bad word. <laughs> but, uh, but it's just spreading uh, worry, a lot of worry, um, which we already have. So why put on more? So I can control that. I can control the things that I read. I can control turning off the TV. I can control whether or not I decide to call family members and spread joy to them or listen to them. Or, you know, so there, those are all things that I can control. I cannot control when my kid gets up. <laughs> Wait, he's not up. It's 11. It's 11, but he's a teenager. And I, you know, knowing what teenagers need and knowing that their schedules are vastly different from adult schedules. Wait, what do they need? They need sleep. <laughs> they need sleep. And they need me not to have a constant feeling of wanting to punch them in the neck. So <laughs> I let him sleep. Uh, <laughs> and it's, you know, it is, it's been scientifically proven. It's, it's data backed. Uh, so please let your teenagers sleep. And then when they're ready to get up, they're much nicer, uh, much more productive. And, and, and then your day is much better and much nicer. I promise. And that is coming not just as a parent of an adolescent, but from an educational professional who taught school for 18 years. So please let them sleep. Okay, so that's teenagers. So this is what I have to look forward to, assuming we're not still like self-quarantined when Wilder's a teenager, which will be in five years. Oh, God. <laughs> but you never know. We can't control everything. So here's what I think I'm finding Well, that Wilder might need. So the eight-year-old crowd, can you go back 
in time to the eight-year-old Rashid? Oh, my God. I don't even remember. I mean, I know that he was an old man when he was eight, too. So... <laughs> he was already eating creme fraiche at eight he, years old. He was. No, he was eating tapenade, actually, um, and uh, Perrier. So... Oh, my uh, God. That's, yeah, so uh, he is definitely on brand as a teenager. <laughs> totally. Um, well, what I think we're finding Wilder kind of needs is structure Mm -hmm. strangely well you know what and that's the great thing about school that uh, most people don't realize um you know as you know as one of those unappreciated teachers (laughs) for 18 long years you know that's what we give kids and we give ourselves as adults uh we we give structure uh and you know hopefully it was meaningful structure um something to look forward to or something not to look forward to but you knew that it would end <laughs> in an hour or an hour and a half and then you had something else to look forward to you had your friends to look forward to at the end of the day or during lunch um so we definitely um maybe we don't need to reproduce it uh, you know, verbatim, but having some semblance of structure and normalcy and routine, as I've been learning as, you know, a recently working from home person, um, I need routine myself as an adult. So it, it benefits all of us. And, you know, whether that, whether you are like, um, someone who needs to schedule every minute of the day, that's not me. It's um, or whether you need to have a, just a list of things that you need to accomplish during the day, uh, start time and a finish time. And then, you know, whether, whatever works for you works for you. Some, some, some of us are still discovering what that is. And I think that can be a really fun challenge. Like, let's see, let me try this today. Let me, let me try scheduling 40 minute periods or classes with passing time in between with break time in between let's try that today tomorrow maybe maybe I need to work for 90 minutes at a time maybe my kid needs to work only 20 minutes at a time and then needs a break outside or whatever so so that can be fun I think I think this is an incredible opportunity um, now that we have forced time to figure those things out and to see what really works for ourselves personally and what works for our families. Uh, So it can be a really cool challenge. I'm loving this because I feel like we're, okay, so to fight the uncertainty or this like lack of control, not to fight it, but to offset it, maybe we try a little structure in our own lives because that we can control. So maybe, here's another big hit word, fear. So everyone's like afraid right now, right? There's a lot of fear going on. Okay, one of the fears, here's a fear if we're on this thread of like, what the heck do we do with our kids? There's this whole, I mean, pretty much most of the crew that I know is facing this issue of my kid used to go to school and now Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if I'm going to have to homeschool my child. And what the heck does that mean? And how do I work at the same time that I might homeschool a child? And so everyone's like kind of freaking out and I'm seeing all these schedules being posted all over the place. The (laughs) schools haven't even posted what they recommend that we do yet. Um, But everyone's just sort of like on edge and and, uh, trying to grapple with how do you end up 
not only trying to hold down your job that you hope you still have, because we know there's a whole lot of crap hitting the, you know, hitting it right now too, but how are we on earth going to spend that much time with our children trying to become their teachers? <laughs> How's that going to work? That's a good question. Uh, you know, I will, I will tell you that, uh, you know, I started uh, homeschooling or adventure schooling my own kid last August. And what I've learned from that, you know, have him with him being a teenager and with, you know, him having a certain level of obstinance, <laughs> I'm, I'm being nice here. Um, and, and, and also with me, you know, having been a teacher and having, you know, wanted to do all these super cool things, which we've done really cool things and we'll get into that later. Um, and, you know, to, and sort of trying to curate all these cool adventures and cool activities and stuff. And he was one and none of it. But, but, uh, he, he's one of, wanted none of it my way. Um, so just know that you, this is a, another great opportunity to let your children take the lead. Hey, wow. what do you want to find more, find out more about? What, um, what sorts of YouTube videos are you watching? You know, I have my nephew watches, <laughs> my nephew watches washing machine videos because he's like really into washing machines. Uh, you know, have them tell you about it. Have them show you some videos. Have them, uh, you know, make, I, you know, I hate PowerPoints, but I think they're a great leaping off place for some further discovery, some presentational skills. Um, you know, you can continue all of that in, in, you know, in your household without it seeming like school. Um, and, or asking your kid, what's your favorite part of school? Let's do that right now. Um, and unfortunately, if their favorite part of school is, you know, having lunch with their buddies and stuff like that, maybe that's not possible. But how can we, how can we, we, create that at home. Maybe we can Zoom. Maybe we can Skype with your friends. Um, I know I, I've been seeing a lot of like tweets and, and Facebook posts and Instagram posts about that. You can, we can still be in community even though we're not right next to each other, but we can still see each other. We can still speak to each other like you and I are doing right now. Uh, you and your pink shirt. Um, <laughs> and it, I don't know if you can see my shirt, but it says, Turn up the love. <gasps> Ooh, we need yeah. that one. Um, but, you know, there's all sorts of things that you can do um, that aren't, um, where you don't have to turn into, like, the pedantic parent. Because that's heavy on everybody, you know. Um, and know that it, it, this is different. These are different times we are in. And there is definitely a learning curve. You have to give yourself some grace. You have to give your kids some grace. And you also have to give the teachers who are suddenly thrust into this online learning chaos, you have to give them some grace too, okay? Uh, because they are also dealing with this, they have their families, they have their children, or their parents, or their, or um, other people that they might be taking care of, and so this is, it's chaos for everybody, so let's give ourselves some grace, let's give other people some grace, um, let's do what we are supposed to do with social distancing, which is, you know, I know it's really hard for extroverts, but guess what, <laughs> introverts, I'm one, even though it doesn't seem like it, uh, we've been having to live in a world of extroverts. 
and being forced to your schedules and to your social stuff. <laughs> now you get to you love it. You love it, Myrna. <laughs> Oh you my know, god! I, I love it when I have energy, and then you know that's for you know about an hour, and, and then I have to go home and stare into a corner uh, to get recharged. You know <laughs> what I have seen in you, though? You're so good at taking that time for yourself and just basically saying no. Or suddenly you'll be at an event, and suddenly Myrna's not there. You know where she is in her <laughs> hotel room alone recharging. But like there's some kind of magic that you figured out how to tap into here so that you can keep moving on this crazy path you've been on for so long. Or not yeah. so long, so yeah. short. Well, it just seems so like a long time because you've been <laughs> everywhere. You could possibly be doing everything in oh, a very yeah. extroverted type of way. Like no one would ever think you're an introvert. Maybe we should talk about that. This extrovert introvert thing is totally trending all over the place. Oh yeah, oh yeah, because people can't handle it. And you know, I've got a, uh, I have a couple of friends uh, that have been posting. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. <laughs> I need to see people all the time. But just like I said, you know, there are other ways to see people than to like be skin to skin. Or, um, well, that's another thing. But. <laughs> Uh, or, you know, face to face in real life, you know, we can, we can, you know, I, I can shout out my window. There's nobody on my street right now. It's just kind of creepy, but you know, people are taking it seriously, but you know, we can still, as I said, we can still be in community with each other. Um, so take those opportunities, use technology, learn technology. If you are not already familiar with things like Skype and zoom and, and other ways of interacting with people. Um, but as far as the, uh, Introvert, extrovert thing is concerned. <laughs> uh, yeah, lots of folks are, are, are going to be struggling. Um, so again, I find a lot of opportunity in that. I find the opportunity to find other ways of communication, to find other ways of, um, well, you, you are now forced to either be alone or be with the same people all the time, you know, 24 hours. So there's got to be, you have to be creative and innovative in the way that you communicate and the way that you can be with yourself and others. And so, you know, that's, again, a great challenge. I love challenge and I love trying to find new ways to do things uh, because I have no choice, right? So that's what I'm going to do. Uh, extroverts, this is for you. Introverts, you are now in your happy place and I... <laughs> I salute you. <laughs> okay, let's talk about, so right now, where are you? <laughs> that is the question that comes out of everyone's mouth when they speak to me. <laughs> no, but I see you're in some kind of like kitchen or something. I am, I am at home in Vermont and you can, I don't know if you can see my medals hanging down. Oh, there they are. Shine your beautiful magic right next to a whole bunch of medals. Oh my God. And those are just from the last couple of months. Um, starting out with like the Azores trail run and doing a bunch of other half marathons. I got the New York city marathon and I also have my most recent, uh, thing, which was the LA marathon last weekend. You oh, snuck that one in right before the cutoff. I did. I did. And I also snuck an LA Lakers game in with my son <laughs> right before the day before they uh, went on break. So, uh, or forced whatever it's suspension, <laughs> whatever it is. 
So, so, yeah. so you're home with your son. I think I read that you first, when you came back home from LA, you went um, to your mom's house and then you got reprimanded for not washing your hands long enough. Is that right? Oh, yeah. So actually I came from Portland. I love your mom. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> flew from Portland and had a whole row uh, of the uh, airplane to myself. Um, and, you know, people were still in good spirits and they were like, ferociously cleaning and then uh and then I got I flew into New York because I was supposed to fly into Vermont <laughs> uh, <clears throat> but uh I had some work come up I did a really awesome photo shoot for Merrill uh in Portland that was kind of a last minute thing but it was really really awesome I can't wait to till that comes out and um and then flew to New York and as I uh well, before I walked in to my mother's apartment, she had the Lysol ready. And she had, she'd, she'd warned me. She's like, I will have the Lysol ready. And, and I was like, okay, um, all right. Uh, but I didn't know I was going to get sprayed with it. <laughs> like, how close was the Lysol container? Uh, it was, you know, about a foot away. And, uh, I, was, I was made to turn around. She, she sprayed my feet. Um, and then, uh, I had to take the shoes off, obviously, and then strip. Wait, what? I had a strip. <laughs> like, down everything, or just, like, down well, your underwear? I went down to my bra and underpants, <laughs> and then, and then I had to put new clothes on. <laughs> uh, and she already had clothes ready for me, uh, because we kind of were the same size, but not really. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure it was your new all-in high-rise legging and all-out overtop or something from skirt sports. No, it was actually old skirt, skirt sports stuff. <laughs> I love your mom. She's a total skirt convert, too. She is. She's, she is like, she stands hard for skirt sports um, and always covets. She's like, oh, are those the new skirt sports tights? And, like, <laughs> and they're mine. Um <laughs> So, <laughs> so yeah, and that's, and then, you know, and then she supervised me washing my hands. Um, and, and when I say supervised, I mean supervised, like she stood over me and then complained that it wasn't 20 seconds. And then I said, I started singing the ABCs and then I started singing, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. <laughs> so, oh my God. And, I like, and I was like, am I in a movie? <laughs> this is a movie. Um, so that was that. And she made Rashid do the same thing when he came in. Uh, and so, yeah, so that's, well, you know, and the, 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 um, other thing is that like my stepfather was in the hospital, um, for a couple of days last week. And so, so she was very, very hyper aware of anyone bringing in any germs or anything. Cause you know, he was compromised. Um, you know, she's, and you know, she's also got some health concerns too. So like, I get it. And, you know, I, I took a very hot shower and washed my clothes and, you know, so I'm like, you know, I'm taking it seriously, you know, but also finding the humor, uh, in, in it and having some levity, um, you know, because, you know, we can't, there's, as I said in the beginning, there's a lot of doom and gloom. And so like anything that can make us laugh or, or, you know, have us have a feeling of, of being lighter and, and less, uh, burdened by everything that's going on in the world, I'm going to do. I'm going to put on my social media. Uh, if I see a joke on Twitter, I'm going to, I'm going to retweet it. If I, you know, yeah, if, if you look at my last Instagram post, it was about me. I was trying to do this like inspirational trail running video. Like I like to put up 
And, uh, and so we were, we happened to be on, um, a riverbank where there was quicksand. Um, and so when we hit the quicksand, I was like, Oh no. <laughs> and then I hightailed it out of there and I put that video up and then, you know, uh, and cause I just want to, you know, it's funny and it was also pretty. It's, it's a great view. And, and I just want to put that out, um, into the world because there's enough of that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to put any COVID posts up. I'm not going to, I'm not going to spread information that I don't know is true. I'm not going to, you know, I'm listening to doctors and health professionals and epidemiologists because apparently I know a lot of epidemiologists. <laughs> and, you know, so that's what I'm, that's what I'm going by. And also, you know, staying home when I can, going out for a run. Uh, today's a gloomy day in Vermont. It's, you know, been snowing and raining a little bit. So I'm going to make sure that I go outside. Um, nature is so, uh, healing and helpful. I also have to continue training. So, uh, I'm going to do that outside. I'm going to do that. I'm going to work on my push up, <laughs> which sucks right now. I'm going to, you know, do some burpees. I'm going to reacquaint myself with all of the body weight exercises that I can do, uh, and take advantage of, uh, free things on the internet, free streaming things. Thank you for your thing the other day. Um, and uh, yeah, listen, keeping myself busy. I'm working on my second book. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm doing. Okay, so I'm, I'm just feeling like so much positivity right now. You know, I'm thinking about when shit in the world happens like this, it's like a whole new dictionary of words and terms are mm -hmm. now common language. Like social quarantine yeah quarantine <laughs> self-quarantine what and social distancing like that is not a term I ever thought I would want to use or apply to myself but you know so these are times when like I think about when we're 80 when we're you know at our later years at the sunset years and enjoying our life will we be like remember back in 2020 that one time we had to self-quarantine I mean I'm hoping it's a one-time thing in our lives but the truth is we don't know this could be a new normal this could happen every couple of years and so what we do now and the way we set ourselves up and the positive mindsets that we're able to to craft you keep talking about opportunity and mm -hmm. it's not a word people are talking about yet and right. I think this is the time to help change people's mindsets. So, right. and one, one thought that came to me as you're talking is like all of your training over the past, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight years as you're like really become and embrace this life as an athlete, you know, before that it was like life as a teacher, life as mom, whatever. Now it's life as an athlete. Do you think that that training that we have all done, everyone listening here includes fitness in our lives, do you think that's helped prepare us for times like this? Absolutely. There's no question about it. Um, you know, so as an athlete, you train and you strive to have some sort of consistency in that, right? You try to see the long game because you have to see the long game. You know, you're not going to, at the start of a season or whatever, you're not going to have the same level of fitness as you know you will have towards the end of a season. So you just keep doing things knowing that you are making deposits into the bank of fitness, into the bank of 50 Ks or hundred Ks or five Ks or whatever it is that you are, um, that you have as a goal. Um, 
And so I think that the athletic training, any sort of training that you do for a goal allows you to be able to see the long game for what it is. It is a long game, right? We are in a very long game. There's absolutely a very high level of uncertainty right now. But if we use that uncertainty and if we just labeled it the long game, then I think we'll be able to, uh, to better deal with it. And also, you know, when you're in the long game, you have to actually be present for your daily training. You know, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing today. Today I run five miles or today I do a hill repeat workout or today I read two books to my kids. The long game in that is that they're going to be better readers. They're going to be, uh, they're going to have a higher level of, of, vocabulary, they're going to have a higher level of engagement with literature. That is the long game. But today's game is whatever you're doing today to put that into your bank for the long game. You know, it kind of reminds me of like mile six of a hundred miler. (laughs) There's something down the road. We're not sure what it is, but you got to be present in this moment or you're not going to get there. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I have not done a hundred miler yet, but, uh, I did just do LA marathon and it was really tough. It was, well, it was tough physically, but it was mostly tough mentally for me. And I, you know, that, that was my 12th marathon, um, road marathon anyway, um, or 12th marathon, uh, and like 24th marathon and over race. And I have to say that that was the toughest for me because, you know, I was not in marathon shape and, and, you know, both my coach and I knew that, um, but it was, it was a long run, right? It was a very long run. And after, and I had, and I also got my period mile four. And so it was even longer. And, and I was like, oh my God, this is, I'm never going to get through this. But then, but then I, I remembered that I had this strategy because I knew it was going to be hard and it was feeling really tired the day before. And I knew that I wasn't, um, that, you know, it wouldn't be, you know, it wouldn't, I wouldn't PR. It wouldn't be fun for most of it. Um, and I'd probably chafe and uh, my feet would probably hurt. I knew that going in. I also had a strategy to dedicate each of my miles to someone um, who had, who needed some meditation or prayer or whatever, what have you, um, who somebody who was currently ill, somebody, you know, uh, who maybe needed, you know, some good thoughts. And so I dedicated each mile to one single person. And whenever I started feeling like I couldn't do it anymore, or this is like the dumbest decision I've ever made in my life or whatever, I thought about, you know, my stepfather, who was in a hospital for mile one, I thought about my mom, who was the, the main caretaker. I thought about my cousin, who's, who has cancer. I thought about a friend uh, of a friend who I don't even know who was dealing with brain cancer for mile four. I thought of my brother, who's been having health problems for mile six. And so, um, so that caused me to, to have gratitude for the fact that I was able to move that I was alive, that I didn't have any major health issues, um, that I, w- I got to run what I knew was probably going to be the last big event uh, for the f- foreseeable future, that I got to have sunlight on my skin, um, that my, my feet worked, that my knee didn't hurt too much, uh, that my Achilles was okay, 
and forced me to be, be in the moment, to be grateful, um, to control those things that I could control. I could control myself moving forward. Um, I could, to a certain extent, control my thoughts and how I reacted to things. Um, and, and, you know, and I knew also that I was physically and, you know, in terms of the work that I do, that I was putting miles in the bank. So all of those things contributed to me being so happy and, and tearful when I, <laughs> when I finished, I don't normally get tearful, but I was so tearful and grateful that, um, that even though I got my period at mile, mile four, all these people had cancer, uh, but I was still able to run. I was still able to be in LA. I was still able to take my kids to an LA Lakers game. I was able to just spend time with my, my friends, um, to, to do the work that I do. Uh, and even though it was scary, even though I was scared, uh, about maybe being stuck on the West Coast because I am not a West Coast person. Um, <laughs> East Coast, Beast Coast. Um, you know, even though I had all those worries, even though, um, you know, three of my largest speaking engagements uh, were canceled, uh, even though I had financial worries and I still do, that uh, I still have life, I still have friends, I have family, I have my son, I have a beautiful, I have a place to live, I have the ability to bring joy to people. Um, and, uh, I have the ability, I have teaching ability. I have ab the ability to write. So, you know, hit me up if you need any of that. I, I can teach Spanish, music, um, writing, English. I can't do science. <laughs> Myrna, the quarantine tutor. I love it. <laughs> See new opportunities, new yeah. job opportunities yeah. presenting themselves because you're putting yourself out there. Well, I mean, because what else can I do? <laughs> so that's a really big question because what else can we do? We can wallow. So how about for those people who tend towards the dark side, tend towards depression, uh, or even those friends of ours who, you know, you live right now with another person. I know you're an introvert at heart, even though mm -hmm. no one sees you that way. Um, mm -hmm. These friends who live alone who are maybe feeling absolutely alone in the world. Like okay. what I love about your message right now is every time a dark thought comes, can you replace it? Mm. Yeah, and you know, and, and, and I think that we individually have the power to do that, even if, it's, even if it doesn't feel real, even if it doesn't feel like a natural thing, it's definitely something that is practiced. Um, I, you know, I don't, I definitely don't always feel charitable, uh, you know, when I'm having a dark moment, but I have to then step outside of myself and be an observer and, and say, that is not me. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, what, what can I, what can I give? What kind of joy can I give? What kind of, how can I change the situation? How can I change the way I feel? Uh, look, if you want to wallow in, in darkness and gloom, you know, do that. And then so there's some people that are, are not able to kind of pull themselves out of that. So um, reach out to people, uh, reach out to your friends, reach out to other introverts. <laughs> um, my son is also an introvert. He <laughs> doesn't want anything to do with me <laughs> most of the day. <laughs> so you're basically living alone. Basically. Except, except all the food, food you make exactly. is immediately eaten. 
you know what? I don't even, you know what? This one cooks for himself because he thinks he's uh, Gordon Ramsay. So, um, so I didn't even have to worry about that. I just uh, buy the food. <laughs> so, you know, one thing we keep thinking is that we're actually stuck inside and screens are our only way to communicate with people. But if you lived here, I would be sitting outside six feet away from you talking to you like you can still see people right mm -hmm. now you you're advised to keep a little distance right. but we can do that and outside is the best place to do that um you know especially if it's sunny since sun is antimicrobial you know <laughs> um and you know i i probably won't be um being with people outside because I like to do that on my own um uh, because that is my thinking time that's my sort of meditation time um but I mean you can again be in community like introverts always are we are in community with other people at a distance right so we it feels good to be with other people um but you know if you're 10 feet away from each other on a trail you know that there's somebody else out there you know, experiencing the same thing and, and you have that in common. And then, you know, that's your, that's your people quotient for the day. <laughs> or, you know, and for, for those of you that are introverts, you know, that, that is your, that's your, uh, that's a way to be with people and, and pay attention to everything that's going around, do, do the right thing, but also um, maintain your sanity as, as an extrovert. Uh, because, you know, again, we don't know how long this is going to go on, but, um, you know, we can, we can only do what we can do. Right. Right. And, you know, you and I both know that when our bodies are fit and strong, our minds are fitter and stronger too. And a lot of people are freaking out because their big races have been canceled and we get mm -hmm. it. Like it's happening. Mm -hmm. That's real. You can't control that. But Let's consider this, like you keep saying, this is an opportunity for mm -hmm. us to be mm -hmm. able to get stronger or find fitness in different ways. Exactly. I have um, two coaching clients um, that whose uh, big races, which uh, you know, are, were supposed to be a week and two weeks away, um, have been canceled and or postponed. And I said, look, this is an amazing opportunity to pull back a little bit. Um, work on increasing your base mileage because we can always work on our base mileage or keeping it where it is. And then, as you said, work on other things, work on your push-ups. work on, um, work on those, uh, burpees. Uh, maybe you hate burpees, work on mountain climbers, work on your body weight squats, use the cans that you have hoarded, uh, <laughs> as weights, <laughs> you, there's so many different things that you can do. Um, you look, look on YouTube, YouTube, uh, and Vimeo are really, really great resources for, um, you know, learning about body weight stuff. Again, get outside, get outside unless they're, you know, unless they're closing trails around your way or, um, you know, try to get outside if you can, if you have a treadmill, use that. Any kind of movement's going to help you, uh, maintain your fitness, maintain your sanity, gets your blood flow going and, you know, uh, opens up your heart, <laughs> you know, and, um, and so, yeah, so like look for ways to do things differently, uh, because you have to, you don't have a choice, right? Uh, and you, you even enjoy that. And you even have to cook differently because when you go to the store, the things you usually buy might not be available. So it's like moving like by, chicken. open There's your mind. Chicken. 
<laughs> Open Wait. your mind. Yes, exactly. Maybe Rashid, we could get some of his recipes. Well, you know, Rashid has decided to go pescatarian. <laughs> How do you feel about that? Um, I, I don't feel good about that. But guess what? Guess what? There's a lot of at the supermarket. There is a lot of fish. There's a lot. There's no chicken. <laughs> Very little beef. Um, lots of pork and a shitload of fish. <laughs> so, you want to know what's sold out in Boulder? What's sold out in Boulder? Tempeh. Tofu and tempeh. Well, how did I know? <laughs> we all have to start eating meat. Um, that is hilarious uh, and so telling. <laughs> I love the, uh, there's a meme going around with uh, how people are wearing masks in Boulder and it has like a, the mask has a Patagonia <laughs> brand. <laughs> Wait, it's Boulder. It should have a skirt sports logo on it. <laughs> Patagonia, Boko. I mean, totally. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so yeah, we're we're you know, um, so he's cooking his food. Um, I love fish, but you know, I also love beef, and I've been anemic uh, all year, so I have to, you know, uh, eat beef, and so uh, so I'm eating beef. Just eat some, um, eat some liver and kidney. You'll be fine. I'm sure they have that. My mother uh, was like, you know, do you, uh, do you have any liver? And I'm like, I'm not making liver. I, I eat it, you know, but I, I've never cooked it. So I was like, well, I'm not eating it unless you prepare it. So <laughs> with onions. So, um, but yeah, so we're, we're exploring new things. There's lots of produce. So we're eating a lot of fresh food. I mean, as we normally do anyway, and uh, you know, and trying to to stock up in things. I still have not stocked up my pantry uh, from when I moved in here, um, just because my life has been uh, crazy and and unpredictable. And uh, so we're trying to build our pantry. And then I didn't have any toilet paper. Uh, I knew that I didn't have any toilet paper when because uh, I've been traveling and. You know, I said, oh, you know, I'll just, you know, refill when I get back. And good thing my parents, um, even before this started, they would make a weekly trip to BJ's and, and, <laughs> and have tons of toilet paper. So I got some from them. But I also, and this, and this is uh, also like a really, really incredible opportunity in, in these times is to think about the things that we use that we don't really need to use all the time. Um, and just think about the amount of gas we use um, everywhere, driving back and forth to work, uh, rethinking whether or not most of us can work from home, uh, rethinking, um, you know, whether or not we really need paper towels. Do we need, do we need to be drying our hands with paper towels or, or can we use the dish towel or whatever it is, you know, and, and just be more conscientious about washing, washing our hands and being clean. Um, and on the toilet paper front, um, it was, it's very eye opening. <laughs> um, you know, something that I use in the outdoors, cooler cloth, uh, all the time, uh, because, I don't always carry a big bulky thing of toilet paper with me uh, in the outdoors. I carry some for number two, uh, not to be TMI, but you know, here we are, <laughs> we're runners. <laughs> we always talk about poop. Um, but you know, I have not been using toilet paper for number one to pee, like, because I don't need to, I have a cooler cloth. It's antimicrobial. I can hang it, hang it dry and then use it again or wash it. And, and so that has made me very, very aware of how much I consume 
Um, and, and I think that my habits are going to be drastically changed because of this. Um, and also, you know, looking at why, why it is that we need more than we need, what we think we need more than what we actually need. Um, and I know that panic and fear has, has played into that a lot, but, um, but there's also a certain amount of greed. And, um, and so, like, I'm looking into that. I'm being very, trying to be very reflective of that. Um, trying to be very reflective about the amount of time that I spend with people, um, uh, meaningful time. Um, and so, like, again, you know, opportunity is my word. And that's because it's going to continue to be my word. Opportunity challenge. I thrive off of challenge. Uh, and this is, this is your chance to lean into the challenge, um, and start doing things in new ways and new and different ways that are ultimately going to help yourself, your family and everybody else. It's interesting. I'm thinking of these words and a word that came to mind was hoarding, right? Are you going to be a hoarder or on the flip side, another word that's coming to mind is like minimizing, to the things that really matter. So do you want to be a hoarder during this time <laughs> or do you want to be a minimizer? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a fair question. Um, I think most people will probably have to minimize um, just by default <laughs> in terms of, you know, what the world is right now. They, they will have to and they'll, they'll have to rethink some things. Um, and then, you know, what happens when the toilet paper runs out? What happens when the toilet paper companies uh, cease to produce? Because why isn't there any toilet paper on the shelves right now, right? Um, that's another question you can ask ask yourself. You know, um, I you know, and I'm thinking about a lot of the times I'm thinking about you know holding companies accountable, um, and uh, I think this is a great great time to do that to start holding companies accountable for the way they treat their employees for price gouging for um you know for tricking us into buying things uh that we don't need <laughs> and i think this is a great opportunity to be thinking about that uh to think about the way you shop to think about you know all the things that you do uh you know is this really necessary uh is this helping the world is this helping you know me is this only a self gratifying thing or is this going to help my community um you know i think that we are going to come out being a little bit more community driven which is a good thing for america <laughs> and the world um you know, and, and in rethinking about the things we actually need in our lives. Yeah, well, I need you, Myrna. More of you. <laughs> okay, you know what? We need to just share some stories now. We, <laughs> we, we love this philosophy. I'm buying in right now. We're on the same page. I think this is a conversation we can continue over time. But now oh, yeah. we need some fun. We need to know <laughs> what you've been up to, where in the world you've been. It might be a while before you go more places in the world. Just take us on a ride. Well, you know what? I, I have to say, if I did no more travel in my life today, I, would, I will have done plenty. And I would be happy. I still want to do more and more travel. In fact, just today, uh, or a couple of days ago, rather, I just had a conversation about it today, this morning. Uh, I got an invite to UTMB. Um, so uh, a press invite. And so that's just really phenomenal. <laughs> 
I hope it happens. But, you know, it's, it's pretty, like, that's pretty huge. <laughs> like, um, I, I don't even know the last time we, we, uh, we did a podcast together. Um, but I think it was probably before I did the first day of Marathon des Sables uh, last April. And that was pretty, to be invited to do the whole thing. I was invited to do the whole thing, but I had a, a previously scheduled engagement, but I, but I got to do the first day of this race. Okay. So tell everyone what this race is. Okay. Uh, so should I speak in French or in <laughs> Okay, show up. Tell us something. Marathon yeah. des Sables. <laughs> no. So Marathon des Sables, uh, which translates into the Marathon um, of Sand, <laughs> is a six-day extravaganza that takes place in the Sahara Desert in Morocco. And um, so I was invited as press, uh, even though I don't really write regularly for any uh, magazine, uh, but I have written for a bunch of magazines. Uh, so I got to go with about 20 other people to either do the first day or the entire thing. Um, and it's really cool because you going in, like you fly into Paris and then from Paris you fly, uh, it's, it's going to be different, uh, next year because they, well, they canceled it for this year. It's going to be, or they postponed it. I think, um, you, Flew into Paris, and from Paris, there's a chartered flight from Paris to Wazazat, um, which is a really cool town that where Babel, um, part of Babel, the movie with Brad Pitt and Kate Blanchett, was shot. Um, and uh, yeah, so you and then you get on a bus for six hours. You do not know. <laughs> no one knows what the distances are each day. There's a total distance, which is two hundred and something kilometers. There's a total distance, but you don't know what the distances are each day. And they could be anywhere from around 30 kilometers, 18 miles, to, 50, to 70 to 80 kilometers. So you don't know. And uh, so, but about two hours into this six-hour bus ride through the desert, where you stop to pee in the desert and there's no cover. So there's a bunch of butts everywhere. No one cares. No toilet uh, paper. And it's sometimes, yeah, no toilet paper, some, maybe a little, but, uh, so you just pee and you dry off cause it's so dry. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, then they give you this thing called a road book and the road book has your answers. It has the, the distances for each day. And so, um, you know, I was prepared. I was prepared to do 50 miles. I was prepared to do 18 miles and I was, um, but I was thanking my lucky stars that the first day was 32 kilometers and there wasn't a whole lot of uh, vertical gain, which, which happened on the second, third and fourth days uh, and fifth days. <laughs> and I was only going to be there for one day. So I was like, I got this in a bag. So I did it. It was incredible. We were, we were surrounded by these by these beautiful Moroccan people um, and they, they fed us uh, for the first couple of days, but you have to feed yourself for the six days that you're on, on the course. And uh, they treated us so well. I bought rugs. I had a tea, uh, several um, moments of tea with, uh, with um, uh, nomads who went around selling um, rugs. And so, and I was one of, I think, two black people there or two or three black people. And so this, this man who was a, a rug seller, um, he saw me and called me over and he said, I'm so happy to see you, my sister. <laughs> I'm so happy. It was so 
me. And he said, please come and have some tea. Please. Oh, my God. <laughs> and we just had this whole relationship. And it was, you know, every time he saw me, he would come over and make his brother make me tea and sit on some rugs. And we'd talk about our families and our, you know, our spouses and our kids and our, um, you know, what we were up to. And it was just the most beautiful thing. And uh, I ended up buying two rugs. But I was going to buy rugs anyway. Um, and uh, one we used as a, we're still using as a blanket. <laughs> Um, but, um, you know, so, and the, and the next day, you know, you go through this whole, uh, tech check, you, a medical check. I had to get a, uh, uh, an EKG, um, from a doctor, from, you know, a doctor in the States and I had to get a full, uh, what do you call those things then? Physical. <laughs> Scan? Physical? Uh, okay. Physical. Yeah, and then you have to hand that in, stand in line, hand it in, they check over your physical, they look at you. Um, if they don't like the way your physical or your EKG looks, then you can't run. Uh, luckily, uh, I, was, I was good to go, and then, you know, the next day, it's 32K through the desert, and what a phenomenal experience I had. It was hard, but, uh, you know, we, we, these towns would just pop up in the middle of the desert, and these kids would run up to you and, and ask for your scratch bar or your... <laughs> Or, you know, uh, and you had to have three bottles, three liters of water on you at all times. You, they, they watched you take your salt pills because they issued every runner a bag of salt pills for the entire week. Uh, so if they didn't like the way your bib was hanging, they would make you stop and they would fix it. Um, they would, they, you got checked medically, you know, how are you feeling? Do you look okay? Do you, are you, how are your feet? You know, and it was just this really incredible experience. And, you know, I finished about an hour and a half before the cutoff, which, which is, not like me. <laughs> Usually I'm like after the cutoff or like minutes within the cutoff, but um, it was really cool. And, and then at the very end of this day, I, I, there was a woman who was slightly ahead of me and she waited for me so that we could finish together. And, um, and it was really cool because I didn't know this woman. I'd, I'd never met her and I didn't, you know, we had not spoken the entire six and a half, eight hours, we were on the trail together, but um, she waited for me. She noticed that I was just slightly behind her, and she said, let's finish together, and we did, and um, <laughs> those are the kinds of things that, uh, that I love and that, that make what I do worth it, um, even though it's hard, even though there was sand up my ass, <laughs> even though, um, you know, my feet were hurting and, um, you know, so far away from home, but, um, but what, what a chance to be together with people, um, and experience Africa. It was my first time in Africa. Um, you know? well, here's another thing that's hitting me. I remember on these photos, you were wearing like many pounds of gear, including things that could fight yeah. off potentially like poisonous, you know, creatures. Yes. Or, and the other thing is Skirt Sports made a random white prototype yes. of, I think, our Liberator Capri. I can't remember exactly, but I'm pretty sure that came, you know, into a good use at that time, right? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, it was, and it was definitely the white Liberator Capri um, that I still have, and I will keep forever because uh, my only pair of white capris that I have. Um, but it was, it was really important for me um, to be able to wear uh, sun reflecting clothes, and because it is so hot during the day, it's um, you know, it's not it's it's 
you know, it was probably around, I don't know, 80 or something degrees, but with the sun, it felt like a hundred and something degrees. Uh, and it, and it's completely exposed. There's no shade whatsoever. So those white capris helped me out a lot. Thank you very much. And I was also carrying a heavy pack. I knew that I was only going out for a day so I could carry a little heavier. Um, and, uh, and mostly what I did was hiking. I didn't do a whole lot of running because the pack was so heavy and I hadn't really fit it to, you know, fit it to myself for running purposes. Uh, and I carried uh, a couple of days worth of food. I had some uh, venom, uh, anti-venom uh, or anti-venom, they call it. Um, I had, you know, a bunch of other things. And because uh, you, those are things that are required. You have to have a compass. You have to have a signal mirror um, in case you get lost. Uh, and they really make it very safe so that, you know, because there's sandstorms and dunes change all the time. Uh, but they have helicopters flying ahead and they have... They have people running up and or not running, but driving up and down uh, the course so that you, you, you know, even though you're in this huge expanse of desert, you're never really alone. Uh, and I don't know what happened to the guy that got lost. I don't, maybe they instituted that was a couple of years ago and they made a whole like film about it. But um, uh, that was not me. <laughs> that was not going to be me. I had my Garmin inReach on me, uh, which is like a spot beacon. Uh, and they issued uh, other spot beacons to those of those of the people that were racing for six days. And so like, you know, I had all this like safety equipment and, you know, I know how to use a compass and a map and. Um, and, and there were like weird places where you, in the middle of the desert where you would get service <laughs> so, on your cell phone. So yeah, I mean, it's, you know, as, as crazy and, and desolate as it seems, it's very, very well organized and I felt safe the entire time. I did hear a rattler, um, once, uh, but I kept going, kept moving, uh, looked around, wasn't near me and, um, you know, and so, you know, you just deal with things as they come, you prepare as best you can, uh, and then you, and then you wing it. <laughs> <laughs> and then you wing it. Oh my gosh. So this is just like one experience of yours. Okay. One thing. Where one thing. else, where else in the world has Myrna been? It can be anything you've done lately that can oh give my. us a little bit of joy right now. Like you said, let's lean into joy. This is joy. joy. Well, you know, this was a joyful moment uh, after a lot of panic. Um, my son and I went to Mexico and I don't know if I told you the story already. My son and I went to Mexico, um, and I was sort of uh, headlining this retreat, um, running with the Tarahumara in October. And uh, so I went down, and my, took Rashid with me, and um, our second full day in, we went on a trail run, because it was a trail running experience, and uh, with, you know, with um, some members of the Tarahumara uh, indigenous peoples. Um, and second day in, we had had a fantastic first day. We actually had a, an evening run, um, with some incredible rock formations and, and a beautiful sunset the night before. And then this one day, a second day in, we did a trail run starting from a lake, Lake Arareco. And, um, my son is well, he's a fast runner, but he f prefers to just kind of chill and stay in the middle. And so he was with the mid-packers. And uh, before we could really, before I could see him and actually give him my Garmin inReach, he left with the mid-packers. Because I was always at the back and I was, I was really injured at this point. So I was only hiking. And, um, and he, so there were lots of 
twists and turns in a trail and the trail was not very well marked. Um, you know, like, you know, when you go to like the Mesa trail or something like that, you know, you're on the Mesa trail, there are all these signposts and all these, and there's some blazes and stuff like that. Uh, every mile or so there'd be, uh, here in, in Mexico, there would be uh, a blaze or a sign indicating that this was a trail. Um, and there were lots of game trails that crossed, uh, the main trail. And so like, if you don't know trails and if you don't know the difference between, uh, human trails and game trails, it can be, it can be really, really, uh, difficult. And so, um, so Rashid's with the, 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 uh, mid pack, I'm at the backpack, the, there are some, uh, folks and they were mostly younger folks, um, you know, in their twenties in the, in the front with a guy, uh, that would, go ahead of us marking our trail. And he was, uh, you know, he was a race director. He knew those trails very intimately. And so we marked the trails right before we, you know, as we were on the trail and somehow the, the front group got ahead of us, ahead of everybody. They got ahead of the guy marking the trails. So they went off trail. They went on a different trail. There were five of them. They were together. Um, I'm in the back. I had us with the sweep, the sweep knew the trails, the mid pack, uh, was with uh, another woman who had a walkie and uh all of a sudden the backpack the, the back of the pack uh, with the sweep is like oh we we need to stop because we don't know where the front pack is because they went off trail uh well we knew where they were but and they were on their way back because they had gone off on a different trail because they were you know the fast people uh and couldn't really pay attention and so the mid-pack, the w woman with the walkie in the mid-pack, she gets called back. They, like, come back because we all wanted to meet at the same trail intersection. Uh, so they come back. They come back without my son because um, they, we, we don't know where Rashid is. Oh, and, my God. And this is, in, this is in the Copper Canyons. And if you know... Uh, anything about the Copper Canyons. They're beautiful. They're where the Tarahumara run and train, but they're also dangerous, especially at night when you are not with locals. And sorry, hold on. Sorry. Uh -oh. <laughs> sorry. Another virtual engagement. <laughs> we're, we're pushing our time here. <laughs> that is my husband, but he can wait. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm more important. Uh, I like it. Um, <laughs> who I've not told the story to yet, by the way. Oh my God, uh, I feel so much more special. <laughs> freak out. Uh, good thing he doesn't listen to podcasts. But anyway, so um, so uh, they come back with uh, without my son. And then, you know, in the, in, the, in the meantime, I'm hearing over the walkie with the person in the back, you know, se, se perdió el chico. And there's only one chico in the group, you know. You know, the, the boy is lost, the boy, you know, so like, I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, what, what, what do you mean the boy is lost? Uh, and then immediately when I am faced with a very, very highly stressful and anxious period of time, I get really calm and really clear on what, is, what it is that I need to do. Um, that's just the way I've always dealt with stress. Um, you know, it doesn't show on my face, <laughs> but it shows in uh, my absolute clarity and what I need to do. I was like, okay, so what are we going to do? <laughs> and it turns out that they had already dispatched search and rescue. Um, they had people on foot, they had people on motorbikes, and they also had people on four wheelers uh, out looking for my son. Uh, and uh, we decided uh, when, when everyone got back together, we decided to head on, continue on to our meeting place. 
uh, where we would end. Uh, and then, I don't believe in magic, but this is what happened. So Silvino, if you've read the book Born to Run, he is a very, he was a primary figure in this book. Uh, he, one of the greatest runners in the world, um, was running with us. And they sent him off, you know, to different trails looking for Rashid. He came back, didn't find anything. And then, so as we are hiking um, along the trail that we we're supposed to be on, he looks down and says, hey, Mirna, is this your son's footprint? Now, if you've read the book Born to Run, you know that Silvino, as a young man, used to hunt deer on foot. And so he has this incredible skill that most of us don't have. Um, and so also Rashid has really big feet. <laughs> and he was wearing Merrells, and we were the only two people wearing Merrells. And he was wearing the same model shoe that I was. And so, and I, you know, as someone who is sponsored by Merrell, I uh, know the tread patterns intimately. <laughs> and I said, that is his footprint. And so you know what we did for the next two and a half miles, three miles, is we followed Rashid's footprint on the trail. And, um, and me, I'm thinking, oh, you know, does he know enough about trails? Oh, does he have the skills? Does he? Oh, my goodness, you know. But actually, you know, my level of anxiety and panic uh, uh, dissipated when I knew that Silvino was following his footprints. And so, you know, again, as I said, there's lots of, cross trails there's lots of intersections there's lots of game trails because there's a lot of there are uh, horses out there there are were, were burros there were um cows and um so we looked for his his footprint among a lot of other footprints and we did that for a couple of miles uh and everybody was in on it and then people were checking in on me they're like how you doing i'm like well not great but let's keep going you know we would stop every quarter of a mile and you know, I taught everybody this thing that I used to do with Rashid uh, to get his attention. It would be like, Rashid! And so every quarter of a mile, everyone would stop and I'd go, un, dos, tres, Rashid! And we would do that and listen and then move on. And I knew that he, he didn't have his earphones on because, you know, that's, you know, cardinal rule of, of being on the trail. You don't run with earphones or anything blocking your hearing. And, um, and so as we got closer to our meeting point, there was an intersection in the trail, pretty big intersection where you can't really tell. It was a fork, right? You couldn't really tell where to go. And we saw Rashid's foot veer off to the right. And we followed his footprints and then they stopped. But then they turned around because somehow this kid knew he was on the wrong trail. And so he came back and then continued on the right trail. And uh, so we kept following his footprints and we got to our meeting, meeting point. And he would have seen the van had he not been running ahead of everybody, which eventually that's what it was. Because he, he was like, he was, I was having a really good day, Mom. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, so, uh, so we finally get near the meeting point and we're still, Silvino and I are still looking at footprints and then we hear everyone cheering and screaming from about a tenth of a mile away because they had found him. And it turned out that he was on the right trail the entire time and when he felt like he was off, he self-corrected. 
and uh, and then they found him still on the right trail, on the trail that we were on, just like he just overshot our, our meeting point because the van wasn't there yet because he was so early. And so he was like walking like kind of in, in a town that the trail traversed and they found him. You know, he's big, tall and black. So, <laughs> so you know, it's kind of easy to spot him. But they picked him up like uh, the mayor or the, the, the head of the commerce, <laughs> the chamber of commerce got him and drove him to our meeting spot in a four-wheeler. And so that, that is a, that's a, uh, I think I put that on my Facebook. I didn't tell the whole story because I didn't want people to freak out like my mom, um, <laughs> uh, which she did when I told her the story. Uh, and who also said, I don't fly, but I would have to fly to Mexico and move there with you. Um, because, and I was, I was prepared to drop everything. I was like, well, now I live in Mexico, I guess, because I'm not going anywhere until we find my kid. Uh, and again, you know, like people have died in the Copper Canyons, um, you know, because of the drug trafficking uh, that happens at night, mostly at night. Um, you know, and they're beautiful and they're wonderful and they're where these, these the, the, the Tarahumara, the Raramuri um, people live. But, but it's also, you know, full of narcos. And, uh, and then you can't even say narcos out loud because people get scared. You know, um, and so anyway, so when we found him, that's when I, that's when I lost it, you know, like, uh, I absolutely lost it. And then, uh, and then he comes over, he hugs me and I'm like, and I start bawling. He's like, don't worry, mom, I'm not traumatized. <laughs> Only everyone else. Is your first instinct to, like you said earlier, punch him in the neck or give him a big hug or definitely to give him a hug. And then I started yelling at him. <laughs> I was like, did, it, did it not occur to you that you were all alone for like hours? Did it not occur to you that there was no one in front of you or no one in back of you? He's like, well, I know I was a little creeped out, but I just kept going because I was having a good day. And uh, but he, you know, and then, and then, and then, and then for the record, he goes, for the record, mom, I was never lost. <gasps> oh my God. So, Yeah. So, you know, totally teenager, you know, but, you know, obviously I was super happy and it was, what was also beautiful about this experience after, after all the, the panic and anxiety that I had that I did not show, <laughs> um, just because that's just not, not, it's not, I don't try to do it, but it's just not something that like, I just get to work when, when there's work to be done, I get to work. And, um, so I, you know, there are all these people that we didn't know two days before. And those people dropped everything to look for my son, to, you know, hold him up in prayer, as if that's what they did, to meditate, to make sure to check in on me and ask what they could do for me. Um, and it was a simple thing, Rashid, you know, and when I didn't think to do it, they did it, you know, um, and now they can't look at a picture of him without going, Rashid. You know, and um, and they dropped everything, and and I think that is, it's such an apt metaphor for adolescence, for community, uh, and it took me a long time to to glean that from the story because I, I know there's a life lesson in here. You know, there's the obvious life life lessons: make sure you're prepared, make sure they have the 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 skills, make sure they have the abilities, the ability to do whatever it is you're you're asking them to do, or or the ability to get there and figure things out. Uh, and I realized that he did have that ability. Uh, you know, he was on my cross country team, and he's been out on a trail with me many times. So like he does, he can read a trail. He knows how to do that. He knows how to take care of himself. Um, but he's also a teenager, and teenagers are sometimes unaware and of of where they are. But like, 
somehow he figured out that he wasn't on the right path and he self-corrected. And that was the biggest, the biggest learning um, I had from that. Uh, and actually, that's how my second book is going to start. I'm going to start with that story. When you figure out you're not on the right path. Ooh, I yeah. like it. Yeah. Holy cow, do we have to... Okay, a oh, quick thing on this note. Um, I did see later that... <laughs> You know, I know you've been self-adventuring and self-school, you know, homeschooling with Rashid for a while. He's back in school now, though. Well, not no, now. No. Not he's, now. In, he's in mommy school. Oh, wow. Okay, so he's been yeah. in mommy school for a while. Um, yeah. So he never enrolled yet in Vermont. No. Okay, so I think I saw a post where you were like, okay, so part of this was I want to make sure I instill this, like, love and you know, all the appreciation I have for the outdoors and maybe for running too, if that calls to him. And there was some post you did where you're like, Rashid just said, mom, maybe I should train for a marathon mm -hmm. or something like that. And you were like, my job's done. Hang it up. <laughs> <laughs> so he like through all of this, that has happened, hasn't it? Well, you know, uh, he's not training for a marathon, but <laughs> He, he, you know, he did, when all of that was over in Mexico, he did enjoy the trail runs. And he, you know, like at some point he was like, oh, I was like, you know, I was having a good day. And there were like, so like, so many like cool rock formations and, and things. And like, he did the things that were asked of him. And, and, and now like he runs on his own. Um, I don't, I try not to, I try to be hands off because, and I try not to show the extreme excitement I have when he goes out for a run on his own. I'm like, oh, okay, good, good. You did three miles. Great. Okay. Uh, but inside I'm like, oh my God, I'm so excited. Um, so he does that. And, you know, um, up until now he played basketball at the rec center in town. Uh, that's close. But, um, and, uh, but he does his, he has his own, you know, schedule. He, you know, goes out and runs three miles and then he comes and does body weight exercises in the hallway in her apartment building. <laughs> And, uh, and he does that on his own. And so like, I think I, you know, that's, that's, uh, please role model for your kids. You know, they might not do exactly what you want them to do. Of course I would, I would love to see him like do a trail race, but he doesn't want to do any races. You know, he just wants to run, uh, without the pressure and anxiety of, you know, showing out, you know what I mean? And so, uh, and I, and I have to be okay with that. That that's one of the lessons that I've learned in having him home and, you know, fun schooling or homeschooling or whatever it is that adventure schooling that we're doing, um, is like I said in the beginning is letting him take the lead. You know, what is it that you want to do? Or if there's certain things that I want him to do, I just put it on the refrigerator and he does it throughout the day on his own schedule. He gets it done. It might not be in the order that I want him to do it, but like, he does it. And so that's, that's the, the, the triumph in that. Um, I, you know, again, I, I'd love for him to do a, a trail race. I mean, he's, he's fine to that. He wants outside. He wants to be in his own space. He's also an introvert. So I have to let him do that. And that has been a huge, huge learning for me. Like in, when I'm in a classroom, I have much more control over what the classroom does and, and, you know, the work that they turn in and stuff. But with my own kid, you know, because we do have a more intimate relationship than I had than I have with my, with my, uh, with my students, and so he knows when, what my buttons are. I know what his are, and so I am making a huge effort to respect those. Even though, as I said, I would like to punch him in the face sometimes, uh, because adolescents are, you know, they are, 
developmentally in a space where they are trying valiantly to separate themselves from their parents, but they also need us. And, uh, and so when you know that intellectually, it, it's, it becomes a little bit easier not to take things personally um, or to make yourself go take a walk outside so you don't punch them um, or yell at them or say something that you don't mean. Um, and I found myself in that situation. I mean, obviously I have not punched my kid cause I'm not going to do that. That's not the right thing. Um, <laughs> when that feeling is, you know, bubbling up in me, uh, I go, I go for a run. That's, that's when I go for a run or that's when I say, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go take a walk. I'm going to go to the supermarket or, you know, um, so yeah, so it's been a huge learning experience. Uh, and it's, it's mostly been, and been great. Um, and uh, yeah, and I, but I also look forward to him going back to school. <laughs> See, and this is what we're all facing right now is our kids might not be going back to school. So we're going to be coming back. Maybe you're going to be doing a home, homeschool or home adventuring tutorial for us later when we get the word. Oh, yeah. 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 That'll be fun. Um, yeah. Do you have time for a little bit more? Yeah, or are you absolutely. like stacking up all your interviews today? No, but, no, no. Right. I'm, I'm good, but I, I mean, I do need some more coffee, but I guess that can wait a couple of minutes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you there. I mean, so I'm just thinking about how your true joy, the that little core of joy that's in each of us bubbles out in you when you're really pursuing the path that's right. And right now in your life, that path includes this like movement of your body and just this ability to sort of open up to growth opportunities. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I think about when you become that new person, you've like transformed over the years. Like you're like this butterfly, you've come out and now you like flutter around the world, making other people happy and showing them the joy they can have. And, but there's also this possible, I don't know, there's the flip side of it. There's sort of the pressure in the business side. So I think about like, okay, maybe there's another story here. You re you've had all these really cool opportunities to go on high profile like TV shows, for instance, like mm -hmm. Kelly Clarkson. Um, and I love, and, and you seemed really happy and excited too. And you came, came out on stage and you're like, first of all, who are you? You're like totally made up. You look like you could be at like the Oscars or something. And we're like, whoa, that's how Myrna turns it on, you know? So like, is that the real you or was that a, a fun thing? And then as soon as you could, you shed that sort of, I don't know. Um, I don't know what I'm saying. And then like, yeah, run I up, you, you get it. Okay. So yeah. bring it on. So, you know what, what is really, really interesting is that when I meet up with friends and I act, you know, I still do, or up until now, uh, meet up with friends and have coffee or have dinner and my friends will always ask me well how is how is Myrna I don't mean the Myrna Vader how is Myrna and uh and I think that's a really interesting question because it is all the same person one you know like one version might be more polished and made up and wearing fake eyelashes but it is all still Myrna, you know, uh, I may use more profanity in one situation and less profanity in another situation, but it is all me. It's never, I don't put on a different persona. I don't, uh, you know, again, it's more polished. 
Um, and you know, I might not say, um, as much, or I might not say, blah, as much, but it's all the same person. Uh, and everything that I say or do is coming from the same place. Um, do I let my hair down with my friends? Yes. But it's, you know, it's called, you know, uh, navigating or code switching or whatever you want to call it. That's, but we all do that. We all, you know, when a situation calls for me being a little bit more formal, I'm going to be formal when a situation calls for me to be less formal, uh, which I prefer because it doesn't take as much energy to, you know, sort of watch my language uh, <laughs> and not curse people out, but whatever, uh, then that's what I'm going to do. Um, so it's, it's all the same Myrna. Uh, and, and, you know, like when you see me on, on social media, my, my personal brand is joy and adventure. And that's what I'm going to show. I'm not going to show you the doom and gloom because like I, I have, I have strategies for dealing with that. And I, I don't want to spread that into the world. I think we have enough of it. So I'm not going to show that on my social media. I'm not going to, you know, I might be a little snarky, you know, not so much on my Instagram, but on my Facebook, I can be really snarky. Uh, but that's what that's for. And I can be snarky on Twitter too. But you know, but it's all the same me. Um, and it's, you know, so if I go to on Kelly Clarkson or if I'm with Will Smith or whatever, um, it's, it's still, it's mind blowing to me, you know, that is still, it's not normal. <laughs> um, and so I'm going to react accordingly in my head. I'm like, Oh my God, Oh my God. I'm like talking and joking, uh, with Kelly Clarkson and, and, you know, and her bassist just said this amazing thing. And, Oh, and he plays for Katie, Katie Perry too. And oh my goodness, like the, who, who am I? What, and, but who am I? I am Myrna. I'm also the Myrna Vader, you know, it's, and it's all the same person. So, or, or, you know, um, so it's, so I always think that's a really interesting thing, you know, but it's also my job. I'm a performing artist. Like I've always been a performing artist. So like, you know, what I'm like on a stage is just an extension of who I am. It's a more polished, more, more intense, uh, version of who, of who I am, you know, in my artistry or in my, in my speaking or in my appearances on TV or, or on social media. It's just a, just a, a slightly, uh, more shiny version of, of who I am. You know, I think in the end, that's why people love you. That's why I love you because you're honest. It's true. Like the word true applies to you. Mm. You're not false. You. There's no fake. You're real. I love Thank it. Thank you. I love you. Um, <laughs> you no, know, because being fake takes so much energy, and I do not have that much energy. Um, you know, and I think that part of the reason that I did not make the cut on the Will Smith episode was because I was so myself that, you know, joking around and being like, look, uh, I don't like the way you ran on Hitch, so we can, you know, like, so, you know, we're gonna have to change that, you know, maybe that's why, I, you know, I don't know, maybe, it, you know, it wasn't TV worthy, but, you know, I think that, uh, that I can only be myself, I can only be my true self, because, um, like, I do not have the energy stores within me to, you know, keep up a front, or be plastic, or whatever, and, you know, and I love makeup. I, you know, I didn't always love makeup and I love getting made up and I love having two wardrobe stylists work on me and two makeup artists and two hair people. And, you know, like that's fun. You know, like I never dreamed that I'd be able to be in spaces like that. And so I'm, you know, I'm taking it, you know, 
you know, I'm just accepting it all and, and being very grateful that I have those opportunities and that, you know, the Kelly collection show is like, okay, so what, what did you got? Ne- what do you have next? You know, we're, we're taking pitches, you know, <laughs> like, you know, what <laughs> is this my life now? It is my life. Um, and, and I am so grateful and, and, and for it and I'm grateful for the platform that I have to spread this message of joy, inclusivity, adventure, and community to people. All right, so how can people get motivated, especially now with maybe the closures of some of the in-person things that are, you know, planned out as part of your empire? So mm-hmm. how can people get motivated? We know you're a work in progress. Mm-hmm. All right, they can buy your book. Number one, everyone listening needs to have Myrna's book, especially right now. You need to be reading. There's nothing else to do. There's nothing so, else to do, right? So how, can, how else can people get motivated? Uh, there are many ways. I mean, you can just follow me on social media. That's one thing. Uh, I am on Cameo. Uh, Cameo is this awesome platform where I, where they reach out to, um, I I don't want to say this word. They reach out to people, well, people who have some notoriety. Okay. I won't use the other word. Uh, and, uh, where we can send you messages. Uh, and it's, uh, my cost is $20 a message. Uh, and it's a video message. It's Cameo. Um, you just look look for Myrna, the Myrnavator on Cameo. Um, I can send you a message, uh, something uplifting. I can give you some tips for the day or whatever. Um, that's uh, sort of one stream of income that I have. Uh, I can do uh, online tutorials. I can, uh, I am a coach. So, um, and a lot of, you know, as I said at the beginning of this, this uh, podcast episode, you know, I do have coaching clients and we just have to, re- we have to reconfigure. So if you need help reconfiguring, um, your training for any of the big races or, or, um, smaller races, or if you want to start coaching, um, I am available and I do that through my Patreon page. I do have a Patreon. So if you'd like more content, like I put up, please, uh, support me. And I am Still brainstorming my podcast, uh, the Murnovator Show. Um, so, if you have any ideas or things that you want me to talk about, um, or if you want to support me in that, please uh, consider supporting me on my Patreon page. And that's I am the Murnovator on Patreon. Uh, and you can join my group, Faco Running, on Facebook. There's lots of amazingness and positivity there. Um, or yeah. Yeah, there, there are tons of ways that uh, if you want to interact with me, um, I, am, I am available. Um, I still have, I have a very busy day today, so I still have lots of work to do um, for my sponsors. I'm still doing a lot of social media um, campaigns. Also, if you are in a business that needs social media help, here I am. Uh, I'm kind of an expert at it. <laughs> Uh, and I'm not trying to be modest uh, because, you know, if you're, good at some, if you're good at something, there's no need to be modest about it. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I'm, like, still working, still – I'm so grateful that I still have work even though things have been canceled, um, you know. But uh, hit me up if you, if you want to chat, if you want me to uh, do a video for you, if you want me to try to uplift you or a friend that you need that you know needs some uplifting, I can do that through my cameo. So thank you so much for that opportunity. Oh, my gosh. Well, you are now officially going to be the hardest guest for people to match. Um, first of all, this is your fifth appearance. Oh, my God. 
I think so. Two individuals. You did an episode with Latoya. We had the Body Talk episode, like, rock mm-hmm. on. Maybe Look more. Six. Mm-hmm. We also did that photo shoot one. That was kind of like a funny little... Parents. Yes. And we were us, and I had, I was like three oh, glasses of wine in. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. That, and you sang. Oh, my God. That episode had some sound issues, but you know what? We're all, it's all good. Um, you know, this is huge. And you're also going to be hard to match because no one else in the world does as much as you do. So you're going to get a lot more work from this. Thanks for sharing all that. What were you just going to say? Well, I was going to say, you know, uh, the other thing that I'm doing is, uh, doing, um, online, but I'm taking online voice lessons. So, uh, and I have been for a while, but, um, that's another thing you can do if you want to support artists. Um, you know, hit up their Patreon pages. Uh, Nicole, you have a Patreon page. Um, you know, like, you know, support people if you can, if you have the resources to do, you can start, you can do it with a dollar a month or $5 or whatever. Um, it's great to be able to support the artists that, that put really great content out into the world for you. But like one of the things that now I have time to do because I have to be home is to, uh, continue. I am, I am a lapsed opera singer, so I am, uh, working on bringing that back up. And so like, I, now I have time to take online voice lessons. You know, I can't do them in person, but I can do them online. And so like, I'm just having to get used to the Skype and the, the FaceTiming and stuff like that. But Hey, that's what I can do. It's, it's advancing, advancing my artistry. Uh, it's filling up some time. I'm supporting another artist. Um, so that's another thing that, that you can do. Look for ways that you can occupy your time, learn new things, um, feed yourself and then also feed somebody else. All right. Well, you just, you know, used all of your gems right now, but we better wrap it up with your sixth final nugget. That one little piece of advice that can leave our listeners running their worlds in a bigger and better way. What is yours today, Myrna? Find your daily joy. There's got to be something joyful or something or your daily gratitude or something that you can be grateful for every day uh, in the mess that we are in. And my daily joy, my, my joy today is talking to you, Nicole. <gasps> Me too. Wait, weren't we going to do a podcast where we like dissected all the nuggets of all the amazing yeah, guests I've yeah. had? Well, I mean, we could do that next week if you want. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. Same time, same place. Yeah. All right. Love you, Myrna. You too. All right. We'll talk to you next time. See you on the flip side. Bye. Thank you. All right. All right. How amazing is this woman? It's too bad we're like self-quarantining right now because we really all literally want a piece of Myrna. There's a lot of ways you can get Myrnavated. She mentioned them towards the end of this episode. If you have any questions or you need anything Myrna-related, Just find her on social and reach out to her. She is absolutely incredible and will find a way to get back to you. And if for some reason she is just so slammed, reach out to me. I'll act as her assistant. I'd love nothing more in this world to be Myrna's assistant for life. Um, I'm going to condense a few things. I'm going to say to you right now, we are playing the long game. It feels like the short game, but this is the beginning of a long game. So find your opportunity, lean into your joy, and practice that positivity that I know you all have inside of you. And at the end of the day, you know what? Even though it's a long game, you're going to find your daily joy amidst it. 
and therefore you can truly celebrate life even when life brings you so much uncertainty. That is it from me today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure that you share it with everyone you know, because right now what we need more than anything is sharing the positive in this world. All right, everybody, you know what time it is. It's time to get out there and run this world. Have a great workout, maybe inside the comfort of your own home. (laughs) And I'll see you next week.